a young woman was very upset about breaking up with her fiancé just shortly after Valentine's Day. And so she wrote her fiancé a letter. Dearest Jimmy, no words could ever express the great unhappiness I felt since breaking our engagement. Please say you'll take me back. No one could ever take your place in my heart. So please, forgive me. I love you. I love you. I love you. Yours forever, Marie. There's a P.S. Congratulations on winning the lottery. <laughs> Today's passage from Leviticus chapter 19 includes the command, You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Which reminds us that Jesus' great commandment to love God and love neighbor has their roots in the Old Testament. And we also hear in Matthew chapter 5, Jesus' famous but very difficult command to love your enemies. Love is central to Christianity. We know this because love was center stage in the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. Jesus didn't just preach about love. Jesus lived a life of love, he died for love, he rose for love, and according to the scriptures, he will return one day again for love. Now all this sounds very noble and wonderful, until you actually have to love somebody. Raise your hand if you would identify yourself as a Christian. How do you define that? Would you identify as a Christian? See, the problem for those of us who are Christian is that we have to love somebody. Who is that somebody? That's God, loving God. That's the first part of the great commandment. But there's another somebody, and that's where a lot of us get into trouble. We also have to love our neighbor. That's the second part of that, the loving your neighbor. Dr. David Barlett, who is a professor of New Testament, he writes about the relationship between our love for God and our love for others. And this is what the professor says. We know we love God because we love others. We know we love others because we love God. And there is no love of God without the love of one's neighbor. In other words, you can't say, I love God, but I hate so-and-so. That kind of math simply does not work in Christian arithmetic. Though most of us, myself included, have crunched the numbers of our hearts that way plenty of times. But how can you command someone to love? I mean, doesn't, Jesus commands us to love, but does love not have to be freely given? It does. But Jesus knew that without a commandment in this area, you and I would whip out in this area. We would make excuses. We say things like, He 
She is such a jerk. She is so annoying. That person ruined that part of my life. You don't know what they did to me. I just can't stand so-and-so. If you've ever said things like this, say amen. If you've ever thought things like this, say amen. Okay, a little more honest there. A little more honest. Now, to be fair, to be fair, some of those things may not be excuses. You may have been deeply hurt by what someone did to you. Your personality may simply smack up against somebody else's personality. You may have radically different views about life, whatever. All that may be true, but you are still called to love. Love from a Christian perspective is primarily a choice, not a feeling. If you sit there and ignore the whole rest of the sermon today, please at least take this little gem with you, put it in your pocket, take it home. Love from a Christian perspective is primarily a choice, not a feeling. Repeat after me. A choice, not a feeling. It is a choice we can only make with God's help. It's a choice we can only make by receiving God's love. Without divine love regularly slashing into our hearts, our own human love will short-circuit and dry out. Christian love is choosing in each moment, in each decision, in each behavior, to live like Jesus. There are many definitions of love in our society. True or false? True. Just watch some late night TV this evening. But the Christian definition of love is Jesus. How he lived his life, how he gave his life. That is our standard, that is our definition of love. Now you may be sitting there, some of you are thinking about what you're going to have for lunch, but some of you are thinking, well I object to that standard because I am not Jesus. Well, I bet your friends and family figured that out a long time ago. That you're not Jesus. But that's exactly the point. Jesus was and is God's Son. Jesus didn't need a commandment from God to love. It's in Jesus' nature to love. Is it always in our human nature to love everyone? No, it's not. Often our human nature tells us to love the likable, hate the worst, and ignore the rest. But there is a secret to loving your neighbor, even the difficult ones. A secret. Do you want to know what that secret is? I'm going to tell you anyway. Here it is. You don't have to like your neighbor You only have to love them. Liking is optional. Love is required. Liking someone has a lot to do with personal chemistry, shared interests, similar stage in life, stuff like that. But Christian love does not require shared interests, same stage in life, personal chemistry, requires zilch, nada, none of that. The only thing necessary for Christian love to operate is God's help, 
and your willingness to obey Jesus' command to love. Now I can't tell you the number of times I pray and continue to pray, Lord, I don't like this person. They annoy me. I wish they would go away. I don't like them. But give me the help to love them anyway. Liking is optional. Love is required. So I want us to switch gears a little bit. I want you to put on your imagination helmets for a moment. Uh, Some of you this will be harder to find than others. But I want you to picture in your mind a person you have a very difficult time getting along with. Someone you have very little patience for. Someone who just... Now don't look at them if they're here this morning. Just look straight ahead. But, but imagine this person in your mind. Really, imagine this person you do not get along with in your mind. Judging by some of the frowns on your faces, I, I can see that you're thinking about this person. Well, guess what? God loves that person. Jesus died for that person. And Jesus is asking you to love them. But you don't have to like them. You just have to love them. Well, what does that mean? That means showing them basic courtesy and respect, even if they don't give that to you. It means being willing when and if appropriate, it's not always appropriate, to help them. It means always speaking about them in the best terms possible. Which may mean saying nothing at all. Remember what Jesus said in today's lesson from Matthew 5. Love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. If you only love those who love you, what reward will you have? Liking is optional. Love is required. Repeat after me. Liking is optional. Love is required. So that person who always gets you angry, that individual who supports a different political candidate, That individual who has a different take on gay marriage. That relative. That stranger on that occasion. That former friend. That former love interest. That man who sort of tarnished your reputation. That woman who's always putting you down. That annoying guest preacher at church. Whoever they are, and whatever they've done, you are called by God to love them. Loving God and loving others are the marks of the true Christian. Loving God and loving others is the way to experience heaven on earth. Loving others can be difficult. But with God's help, it is possible. So remember, liking is optional. Love is required. Amen.